Hey, what up, Long Beach? You know, I was writing this script for this podcast, and I wanted to do the playoffs, but I realized <laughs> the kids who listen to this podcast might not even know who Jim Mora is. I'm nope. JJ. He's Mike. We're the 562.org podcast as part of our partnership with Long Beach Post. And we're getting old, people. We've been covering playoffs in Long Beach for a really long time. But you know what? We're still really freaking excited to do it. We say, I, we joke every year, and it is true every year, that the regular season feels longer uh, every year, and the playoffs is more exciting every year. You know what I mean? And I, it, it is always the case. I would say in the winter in particular, when you've been, this is our 14th year covering stuff, I'm not going to say it's boring or that it drags or anything. Um, and especially in soccer, it's been obviously very exciting league championship races. But it is like the schedules are grind and you're just like talking to the same people and it, it definitely wears on you a little. And once you see that the playoffs and you're like, we get brackets, we get high stakes games, we get great crowds for basketball and soccer. You know, that's when it really kicks up. Uh, and we got a little preview of that last night with Milliken hosting a uh, CIF wrestling championship um, that they narrowly lost, uh, unfortunately. But boy, that crowd, that was a, that was my preview reminder, wasn't it? That crowd was just like on pins and needles for the entire time. And they're loud and they're knowledgeable. Those Millican wrestling crowds really know what they're doing, man. <laughs> there's a, there's a, it's a lot of fun in the gym when they, uh, when they put it all together with the pomp and circumstance. Uh, you can check out the coverage of that, everything else happening in Long Beach right now at the 562.org, obviously. Make sure you check out the education coverage Mike's doing over at Long Beach Post as well. Mike, a eventful uh, board meeting on Wednesday night for Long Beach Unified School District? Well, I think, you know, actually, I think this is a good issue just to talk about for a minute or two up top. This didn't end up being a huge part of the board meeting, but um, a lot of our listeners probably saw uh, it went kind of viral in the city video of a Wilson student uh, named Wyatt, um, who's actually an aquatics athlete, I believe at Wilson, um, being uh, suspended. He, he filmed an exchange with him and an LBUSD administrator over uh, Wyatt uh, declining to follow the mask mandate. Um, and so, you know, he was suspended and that sparked a protest outside of Wilson uh, Wednesday morning. Um, I think, you know, JD and I have always said this, that look, I'm, I have, as a parent, and as a person, I have no problem with the mask mandates. I believe in the science behind trying to limit the spread of the virus as much as possible. I also believe it's safe to send your kids to school. We sent both my kids back um, the moment we could. Um, but uh, JJ and I have always said we're in favor of kids um, standing up for what they believe in and, uh, and, and advocating for themselves in whatever way that seems, uh, you know, seems best to them. Um, this is obviously, I don't necessarily agree with the point that Wyatt was making, but, um, but I, I applaud any kid in Long Beach that, you know, stands up and takes a nonviolent stand for, for what they believe in. And I think that, you know, kids voices are, are always more important to me than adults voices about education. Um, so it's certainly been a little bit of a stir, but, um, you know, it's it very, very, very interesting for sure. It is always very interesting here in Long Beach sports. So many different types of teams trying to all do the same thing. Win the league, get to the playoffs, win a championship. Like Mike said, the league races in soccer, for example, have been thrilling this year. But it's been our experience that the thrilling league races rarely lead to thrilling playoff runs. It's always at this time when I think, man, if only we could have the league races and then create like three – Long Beach all-star teams 
where you just took the best players from all seven teams in the Moore League, went to the playoffs with them. I don't think many people could hang with Long Beach's best, Mike. No, well, certainly not for soccer. You know, certainly not for boys or girls soccer this year. I think the my motto is always, and I um, I think uh, Tyler Hendrickson, our usual co-host who's not with us today, I don't think he was working with us when I developed this highly scientific theory that you and I adhere to, but I just shared it with him this week that it's, it, my formula is very simple. You either get an exciting league race or you get deep playoff runs, right? And the competitive equity has flipped that a little bit but by and large, that's what we see. If you have a really exciting back and forth for the league championship, like we've seen with boys and girls soccer, you look up at the rankings and you you oftentimes don't see teams ranked very highly. And I think especially with Milliken losing um, or Milliken not getting the league championship, I think they're probably going to slip even a little further down on the top 10. Or you get basketball where the, you know, the, the teams like the poly basketball teams have kind of been out in front. And if they're not competitive in the league, they're usually more competitive in the playoffs. You know what I mean? So very rarely, only in sports, I think, like baseball, do we get a competitive league schedule and deep playoff runs. Um, so I think, I think that's going to be the case this year as well. We'll see. But definitely a lot less ranked teams going into the playoffs than we had in the fall. Well, that's also true for basketball, even though the basketball races were not that interesting because it's Long Beach basketball. And it's like, what's the, what is it every four years? Every four years, we get a, a crazy virus in the world, and every four years, more league basketball is entertaining. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just uh, like on the girls' side, you know, and look, it, it, the race for the championship more exciting this year in some ways. The poly girls' basketball team did go to overtime with Milliken, um, but that was their first game back uh, from a long COVID shutdown. Um, it was the first of two games that day. They then went to Milliken last week, um, and it did not end up being as competitive of a game as uh, maybe uh, I or some of us were expecting. So Poly girls at this point have already clinched, uh, I believe it would be their 16th consecutive league championship, uh, and they're at 166 consecutive wins in the more league. As JJ mentioned, how exciting <laughs> that can or can't be. Uh, and then on the boys' side, we do actually uh, – Tyler and I are going tonight, Thursday night, uh, at Lakewood. The Poly and Lakewood boys' basketball teams are playing for the Moore League Championship. But the drama is out of that one a little bit as well because Poly has already clinched a share, basically, of the league championship. So they will get a uh, state-leading 14th consecutive league championship. The question is just whether or not Lakewood can earn the tie – and a co-championship with a win at home. And that game was an overtime game when they played at Poly. So I'm very excited for that. Um, and I do think we'll get a big game there. But yeah, you know, it's been, a, I just think basketball got hit harder than most other sports with COVID because their off-season stuff is so much more important. And because kids, you know, unlike soccer or volleyball, you and I talk about this a lot. Like those kids don't, they don't play year round with their high schools anymore, right? They go do club stuff. Well, basketball, even if you're doing AAU, you're usually still doing summer and fall with your high school team. Um, and so the fact that they didn't get that for a full year, you know, I just think we're kind of rebuilding a little bit. But with the coaches we've got in the city and the young talent, I'm optimistic that I think next season will be, uh, we'll be, we'll be fired up. But on the boys' side, Polly and Lakewood both ranked um, in the top 10 in their CIF division. So we're hoping for some, some playoff wins for those guys. Playoff wins for them, maybe a couple other teams who drop down in division. It's interesting that this year we have no conversation about teams. Uh, what, what did we say? Blowing it for the, blowing it for the open. Uh, yeah, we're what, not what, close enough to the open. Uh, close, was, yeah. I, what was the, what was the I'm phrase? Not, it was now so I can't remember it. It was really good though. <laughs> 
I'm gonna try to remember it for the open rest for of the episode. Mo- open, hoping to avoid the open. It was like moping for the open or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, no, no worries there. Uh, Mike, do you see a possible, uh, you know, maybe second, third place team dropping down in divisions, maybe making some noise? I know you put a feature about the Jordan girls basketball team up, and that's just another example of teams doing well because they're playing schools they should be playing. Yeah, I think, um, unfortunately, you know, we've got that with a water polo, like the Millican girls water polo team, uh, second place team. Uh, with, we're not as competitive with Wilson as I think they'd hoped to be, but the clear cut second place team in the league, but they're ranked number one in, in division three and they've been ranked number one all year. So I think they, they look very good in basketball. Not really, to be honest with you, I think on the girls side, like the poly girls aren't even ranked in division one. So they probably will end up being a top 10 team after the open division teams get lifted out. Um, but we just don't really have a lot. It's really just the Lakewood and Poly boys that that kind of look like, you know, they could make a quarterfinal, semifinal, maybe championship run. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll see. You know, I mean, I think part of the, the thing is we alluded to is the, the rankings this year are probably a little harder to land on for the coaches just because there's so much less opportunity to see other teams in the non-league and to be like, Oh, okay. They started slow, but I've seen this guy. He's really good. And he was injured. You know what I mean? So, um, so we'll see. I'm hoping that the rankings are wrong, but uh, often they are not. So <laughs> we'll that, see. That, that is true with, with that playoff equity, as we always say, you know, some, there's a little bit of luck to it. You can just kind of be on that bubble. You know what I mean? Right before you cut to a, the top division, you could be right at the top of the division below that. And then any other bit of luck could send you the other way. And obviously with the CIF playoffs and the equity, you just never know. You know what I mean? I don't think any of us would have predicted four Long Beach football teams in championship games at the beginning of that season, but that's exactly what we got. So it's, it's definitely possible. Uh, Mike, I, I do want to talk a little bit about how specifically in basketball, one player can change everything. Like, just like, you know what I mean? Like just in, in, um, in water polo as well, basketball and water polo, I think in the winter, if you've got one player who's maybe at the higher level than everybody else on the floor, they could carry you into a playoff run. Yeah. Well, and I think that's where your optimism comes from. If you're a poly boys basketball fan, you know, that Chris Watson and Giovanni Ruff are two guys like that, that in that two double a bracket, you know, could do a lot of damage. The, the lack of depth, especially scoring, I think is difficult, but it's, it's the Long Beach formula. I think if you look at our top basketball or water polo or soccer teams, they all play good defense. Um, and that's going to give you a chance to win any playoff game unless you happen to run into the Ball Brothers or something. You know what I mean? Like you, you just you, you have to feel like that keeps us in it. Um, I think I mentioned water polo before. I would definitely shout out that Wilson water polo team is, um, you know, unlike football, all of the other sports, the divisions are decided already. Um, but Wilson water polo is one that we're going to have to wait until bracket day to see, do they go to the open division or are they one of the top two or three seeds in division one? So if they go to open division, you know, they'd be on the bottom end of the seating there. If they're in division one, they would be one or two or three by the way the, the rankings currently line up. So if they're in division one, they would be one of the favorites for sure. If they're in open, I do still like their talent a lot, but um, that's one that we're, we're looking for bracket day Monday, Tuesday, next week to just see 
the way it shakes out. And as you said, a lot of it is kind of the luck of the draw because the, the difference between being on the top of the bubble or the bubble popping is pretty significant with a, a, an open division in any sport in the Southern section. And, and they've got that top talent over there. Jermani Billingsley, the O'Day sisters, uh, you know, they, they could make some noise. And it, like you said, Milliken in that other division, it's, it's single players. Janino Sorio right. could score eight goals at any moment for that Millican yes. Rams team. And that would be more than enough to carry them through that bracket, as we saw in the boys' bracket when Polly and Wilson both went on runs. And they also had studs. I mean, let's try stopping Greg Carson. I watched a lot of people try. <laughs> right, yeah, easier said than done. Um, so, yeah, very excited. But let's talk about soccer, dude. Yeah, I mean, you know, that has been our, in terms of uh, competitive quality, by far our marquee winter sport um, in the winter. Uh, and I think we, we got really exciting races for boys and girls. It was a, as I said yesterday, it was a super sick day to be a Bruin. Um, they won the boys and girls soccer yeah. league championships all, but, um, so how are you feeling about, you know, soccer and, and how those teams are going to look in the playoffs as well as that's a, that's a pretty special year for Wilson to get to double those up. Uh, Cause it had been a few years since they won them. That's where I, that's kind of where I wanted to start. Um, you know, when, when we started covering sports in long beach, it was Millican boys, soccer, Wilson girls, soccer. Right. And that was it for, for, for a while. Um, and then on the boy side, you got Cabrillo and Polly and obviously Wilson coming back. Jordan, had, Jordan had a couple of really good years. Yeah. Jordan had a couple of good years as well. Um, wasn't wasn't able to, uh, to to win league, but was still able to have playoff success. And then on the girls' side, you know, it was always Polly Wilson, and then Milliken came up, and Milliken won three straight. So there was like these old, you know, Polly on the boys' side won two straight, Milliken girls won three straight. Like there were other teams, right? But there was kind of this feel, specifically on the Wilson girls' side, this this feel of like back to normalcy a little bit, and that's what they want over there on the boys' side as well. I mean, they were one game away, one goal away, one kick of the ball away from winning the league title last season. Right. And then if they won it this season, that would have been three of the last four. You know what I mean? So, yeah, great, great day to be a Bruin. Great day to be Bruin soccer. They both do it on a Wednesday. The boys clinching it and the girls all but clinching it with getting a, a draw at Milliken. All they got to do is beat somebody, uh, Bree Jordan on Friday, and, uh, and they're in there. But, yeah, then – <laughs> what's even cooler about the, the, the fact that it's, it's Wilson, they're doing it. It's awesome. It's also really cool that both coaches are very specific on their styles and they've got these kids who can, who can make that happen. Like uh, Cameron Cruz for Wilson girls soccer, for example, she is incredibly versatile. She can play. She's a box to box midfielder, as they say in, uh, in, in professional club soccer. She can go up, she can be an attacking mid, she can drop back, she can play defense. Uh, Kieran Lawrence, the kid is a beast. He's like freaking 15 feet tall sometimes he looks like out there on that field. <laughs> um, and he can push forward from an outside back position and, and create some offense. He scored a very, very important goal against Cabrillo and a win for them. And they've only given up like three goals in league play. You know what I mean? So like these, these kids – that have been uh, that have bought in, as as coaches like to say, that have bought into these programs and these ideas and these styles of play that maybe they're not you know super attractive or whatever, but they work and they're going to keep doing it. And it's a it's a testament to to like full team effort, full team buy in, because both of those teams at Wilson did that this year. And at times it looked like they might not make it, but at the end of the day they are standing at the top of the Moore League Mountain 
And here we go into the playoffs. Like Mike said, those playoffs brackets being released on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, on, on the girls' side, it is going to be interesting because I think Wilson, as the league champ, is going to have a better chance in Division Two than the second and third place teams in the Moore League, Milliken and Polly, who are going to have to go into Division One, where there are a lot of club soccer teams who sometimes play high school soccer. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I do want to note. I mean, it, it is this is part of what is difficult about having the league be so competitive is um Milliken was ranked number four in division one for most of the year which is the highest uh, we've had a team ranked in division one up until last week they were right. they only have three losses on the season but one they catch the, to, they, they catch the loss to Wilson they well, fall yeah, down one to of seven. them was to Wilson last week and then they get the they draw. catch a draw with Wilson and they're probably going to end up in that you know 9 10 11 or something like that um and so that's part of what's difficult and we've seen the more league baseball teams do this to each other as well it's it, division one is filled with so many talented as you pointed out big budget club type programs that if you if you have uh oh one and one against a division two team it's going to slide you down and if it slides you down and especially if you're the second place team it increases the chances that you have a really difficult road game at a trinity league team or something in round one Right. Like that's where when people say they don't look at the rankings, I always kind of laugh and, and tell the coaches, I was like, you should be looking at the rankings because <laughs> they're telling you, you know, it like it, the rankings go up. The chances of success are better and not just because the rankings say so, but because the rankings help determine how difficult your playoff path will be. Right. But for Wilson to have those results against the division one team that was ranked, maybe Wilson's moving up in next week's rankings, um, you know, in division two as those brackets come out. So I, I, I'm hopeful that they they will have a nice little path in division two and certainly watching them last night. I mean, I, they look like a division one team to me. So this is kind of where the more league has been teams dip down a little bit. They're able to have some success to go back up. And, you know, I'm hopeful that this division two uh, path can really be something for the Wilson girls soccer team. Well, first of all, the bubble we've been talking about, Wilson was the, I believe third team, uh, in, in Division Two, so they were two teams away, basically, from being in Division One with Milliken and Long Beach Poly. So on, on the bubble, so that's a good thing. If you're going to be on the top of a division, you might as well be on the top of the division right below the one that you don't want to be in. Uh, and uh, if they and, won one more game last year, they're in Division One. You know I, mean, I mean, basically, yeah. Basically. <laughs> um, but but the other thing we were talking about, where one player can kind of change things, I, I guess that is also true in in soccer. If that player is your goalie and that player is Olivia Hernandez, you know, like put Olivia Hernandez in the playoffs with a good defense, which she's got some di- some dynamic talent up top with Doherty and Cruz, like I mentioned. And they could make a run in Division Two, and I would not be surprised at all. Uh, heaps of praise being put on Olivia Herrera after that game last night, talking about making her the league MVP because of her performances in basically the two Milliken games. You know, to, to limit Milliken to one goal in two games after the season they had and the talent that they have. I mean, this Milliken team, no offense to the other ones that won league titles, this Milliken team is the best. They're the most talented. They're the most put together. They have the best pieces that fit together. 
and they're the only one that didn't win the league title because Herrera said the Nano again, again, and again. And soccer is weird, you know. I mean, it, it just it, it's it's. Oh, a that weird, is with that is without question. My it, it's it, it's not like you know basketball, baseball. I mean, I think one of the things we love about baseball is that more league baseball schedule is a grind, but. You, you do find out who the best team is by the end of it. Soccer sometimes, and I'm not saying Wilson didn't deserve to win the league, but soccer is just weird. I mean, we talk about there was a lot of chatter about the uh, Milliken free kick, free kick that hit the crossbar and went down. And I, it may have been an inch over the line, may have not been, was not called a goal. And quite literally, that call ends up deciding a league championship, right? If the AR is in a different spot, has a better look, I mean, there's a chance that ends up getting called a goal. Um, if she can see space between the back of the post and the soccer ball and that, you know, it's literally that close. I mean, it can really come down to inches or refs positioning or anything. Um, so I think that's, that's the thing for me with soccer. That's just like, that's, that's crazy. But Olivia Herrera gets an AOT dub from us, you know, incredible performance and goal. Um, and nothing more you can say about it because as you pointed out, like that Millican team was stacked and, Zero, 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 zero. I mean, that's difficult to do, especially when obviously the coach's strategy is sit back and play defense a little bit, you know, especially in that second half. Herrera was like that spotlight was on her for 40 minutes and she stood she stood up to it. Indeed, she did. A really cool kid, just a great leader for that group as well. Um, so yeah, so that's girls. <clears throat> Boys soccer, on the other hand, and I know we've said this before and we've given you the stat, and I'm gonna give it to you again. Morley boys soccer is elite, to say the least. There are over 70 leagues in the CIF Southern section. And the Moore League and the Mission League are the only ones with seven teams that are all in Division Three or higher. Even Compton is in Division Three, even though they've struggled with depth and numbers and forfeits this year. So you've got Milliken, Cabrillo, and Wilson in Division One, Polly Jordan and Lakewood in Division Two. So it's obviously going to be Wilson, Milliken, and Polly looking to make those playoff runs uh, after, you know, basically battling for the league title for the entire season. Wilson, Milliken, and Polly, all quality clubs, good enough to go on playoff runs. But well, that's what you have got to be really good because that division yeah. one bracket is a gauntlet. You yeah, know? so wouldn't you give Polly the better chance, even though they're going to, you know what I mean? Even though they didn't win the league, they probably have the better chance because they're in division two, where Wilson and Milliken are in division one. Now, obviously, like I said, uh, a Wilson, just a very well coached, good, cohesive unit that plays great defense. Uh, Gavin Poole Harris, speaking of really good goalkeepers who go to Wilson High School. Uh, Gavin Paul Harris is one of the best in the state uh, and he's been amazing organizing that Wilson defense for them. But yeah, like Milliken and Polly though, I, I mean, don't count them out, especially Polly. You know what I mean? Polly had a little bit of a hiccup this year. They were, uh, they were without their star player, Omar Juarez for a little bit with a head injury late in the season. One, maybe even two results away and, and they're lifting the trophy for the third straight year. And they're going into the division two playoffs with the league championship, which would have put them, you know, not only in the top 10, but maybe in the top half of the top 10 uh, with a nice little path to a championship game. So, yeah, the, I, I don't think that this season, because of its um, because of its quality, makes me feel any different about the chances of, of teams going deep into the playoffs. But I do think the personnel and style of these teams makes me a little bit more, uh, I don't know, 
excited to see them play these games as opposed to super nervous for a three nil game on the road that would ruin a great season. You know what I mean? It's as, as an athlete, it's hard not to remember first your last game. Whenever you think of the times you played, it usually comes first last game and then everything else. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I, that, yes, that's, that, that's it 100%. So for, for those who've been, we've been talking a lot about the playoff brackets. For those who are wondering about the details, uh, you can stay tuned to the 562.org. Basically all week next week on Monday morning, we will have the girls, or Monday afternoon, excuse me, we'll have the uh, girls water polo brackets. And then on Tuesday at 9 a.m., the boys and girls soccer brackets go up. And at noon, the boys and girls basketball brackets go up. And uh, we'll just be in a unique situation where the brackets are coming out Monday, Tuesday, and then the playoff games start that week. <laughs> so it's going to be a little bit of a scramble, uh, but we're excited to see, you know, who gets through that first week and, and positions themselves to make a run. Well, we've got real winter playoffs. We haven't had real winter playoffs in a really long time. With fans allowed and everything. <laughs> yeah. So, so as much as we're talking about the matchups and breaking it down, and we will continue to do that, all next week as we get ready for the wild card and the first round games. Just, just keep in mind, we, we were not here last year. We were, we were not here the year before that. It was all weird. So, I was driving to Chino to watch club football at this time last year, JJ. I'm very <laughs> happy to be covering high school basketball and soccer games. <laughs> so we are back in the winter playoff season. It's crazy. There's a lot going on. We are also simultaneously working on our spring previews for baseball and softball and everything else that goes on in the LBC in the spring, which is by far the busiest season. So this is our busiest time, these February months. So hang with us, please. If you can get to the 562.org, smash that subscribe button, smash the support button, spread the word to everybody else. These are the moments that these long beach student athletes will never forget the playoffs, their senior years, and especially after the stuff that these kids have been through over the last two years. Whatever happens in the next few weeks is just going to echo for eternity for some of these kids. So please make sure that you're supporting them, us, and the Long Beach sports community by supporting the 562.org.